I'm Nathan Robertson. I'm Mitch Wiley. And this is The Cinema Files. And today we're going to be talking all about the 2022 Oscars. Yes, yes. The Oscars. Uh, the Oscars who have fallen on hard times lately. The uh, If we're kind of, we wanted to start by kind of talking about like kind of the state of the union when it comes to the Academy, when it comes to the Oscars, whose ratings, um, even before the pandemic, were really taking some some nosedives but after the pandemic last year's oscars was just an all-out disaster for for many reasons um they picked a good best picture i think but i think that um i think the oscars are at this weird spot in the academy where it's like okay we can either go one of two ways we can either go we're going to nominate for ratings and we're going to get the biggest stars the most beloved people on you know social media we're going to get we're going to make this a huge event for everyone like it used to be like kind of I think the 90s was probably the Oscars like heyday like that's the height of the Academy Awards when you get like Tom Hanks and all these like you know great movie stars coming in Jack Nicholson's like the patron saint by that point and I just don't think that the Academy based on these nominations which I think are largely good I don't think the Academy is interested in that I think Mm -hmm. the Academy is willing to go into kind of pop culture oblivion if they can still recognize the best feats of cinema, which I think is what they're interested in. And so that gives us a lot of fun nominations this year. Um, But it also means that the people will likely not tune in like they have in past years. And so I think that's something that maybe ABC is more concerned about than the Academy is concerned about, but it's certainly a talking point. You know, I talk to people about even asking them like, Hey, are you watching the Oscars this weekend or something? And they're, Oh, that's this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's yeah. not, it's not on anybody's radar except for like movie, hardcore movie fans in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I think the weird thing recently that kind of over the past couple of days, you know, I think obviously a bunch of people have been a little bit on that same page of, okay, are they even going to try to get people to watch? What's going to be their tactic? Why not include more movies? Like say, you know, your Spider-Man's, your other Marvel movies to really get people invested. But the weird thing is that over the past couple of days that we've learned, it seems like the route that they're taking to get people invested, if you will, and making air quotes that you can't see, is getting people like uh, DJ Khaled and Tony Hawk to uh, announce categories and winners and not invite stars of movies like Rachel Zegler. And she did get it. She finally got an invite. Did she finally get an invite? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I was waiting for that to happen because yes. she smartly yeah. took to Instagram and got all yeah. of her stands on her side. Yeah, but, so Rachel uh, Zegler, she was the lead actress um, as Maria in West Side Story. And she wasn't nominated, but she also wasn't invited. Um, and she's, you know, the leading actress of a, you know, a film that Seven is a picture. I think. <laughs> yeah. So she, like you said, Nathan, she, she took to, to Instagram and the Academy said, Oh, okay. You're coming. You're yeah. going to present. Yeah. So. so there's some interesting tactics they're taking. I think to, in a weird way, I guess, act like they're playing the line, try to get people invested, but yeah, it definitely seems like they're taking a little bit the approach of, 
hey, we are what we are, and if you care about us, you're going to come watch. And if you don't care, then you're not, and we're not going to try to go out of our way to make it fit you. And honestly, I think that's what I prefer, like as kind of a person who's more on the side of cinephiles and things like that. But I will say I think that it does make me nervous for just the future of people interested in movies. Um, So it's kind of you're you're in between this weird spot. You're in limbo. And I think the pandemic throws just a a bigger wrench into all of that. You know, just it really, you know, takes what was already happening and just speeds it up a lot. But that's where we're at. And we hope that if you're listening to this, that means you're interested in watching it. And that'll be the Sunday, the 27th. Uh, I assume it starts at 8 p.m. But uh, and they've also kicked a lot of these categories that we're going to talk about off of the uh, the telecast, which has sparked a lot of debates. It's again, it's one of those things where it's like if you have these on there, this thing's going to go three and a half hours and people are going to complain. You're just kind of the academy's in between a rock and a hard place with with everyone. They can't please everyone and they're doing their best. But um, I'm just happy that nine of these 10 best picture nominees I was relatively favorable of maybe eight yeah. of 10, but yeah. yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit, but kind of the, the outline of what we're going to do here is we're going to take 20 of the 23 uh, categories. We are not doing the, the three shorts categories cause we haven't seen any of them, not to disparage any of those things. I think that's great. I plan to kind of check out the ones that are on Netflix or streaming um, probably this week before it. But we are going to do the 20. We're going to start off with uh, what they call the below the line Oscar categories, which is very much the technical awards. Um, And that will be made evident as we go through them. But we're going to start out with cinematography. So this is the award that goes for the director of photography, the DP, the cinematographer, um, for having an eye for the camera. Uh, Pretty self-explanatory. So we're going to do a who will win, who we our, our pick for you know if we have a little oscar pool i'm sure we're going to do something and uh who we think is going to win and then we're going to say who we should who should win who we're rooting for of the nominees and then we'll throw in kind of a ah, i wish this person could have been here um yeah. but we'll start out with cinematography nathan who you got winning for cinematography i think this is one of the few uh one of the few categories where i think my should win and will win are the same mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be one of those things similar to Mad Max a few years ago uh, that this kind of big sci-fi epic like Dune just kind of starts to run away with some of these, um, you know, under the half line kind of awards. And I think cinematography is one of those. If you got the chance to see Dune, I mean, it is legitimately like we're going to take you to this other world and we're going to have these scoping landscape shots that, you know, is a place that is on earth, but totally seems like another place. And I think that's just something that is so difficult to achieve with the camera and anything. And I think obviously Denis Villeneuve has found a way to do that in pretty much every project that he's worked on, whether that's arrival blade runner, 2049, Uh, you know, really any of those projects that he's done, he just has a way of communicating with his cinematographer, which I think is often Roger Deakins a lot of times. Uh, But this time uh, he's working with Greg Frazier and I just think it's really excellent and, you know, is I think deserving of that award that it will most likely win in my book. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that Dune will win this one. I think this is, I think all of the cinematography nominees were great. Um, like you said, Dune has just this, it's able to capture both a huge scale. Um, Cause you know, I, I left Dune in the theaters thinking that's a big movie. I just, yeah. it, it, the, it, but at the same time, it, it is really good at getting these intimate close-up shots. Yeah. Um, you know, shouting out the Batman cinematography, the new um, iteration of the Batman was very similar in that it has really good personal intimate close-ups to match like the big action scale that it's trying to pull off. And I think that um, it's not my pick for what I would want to win of the nominees. I would actually put um, the tragedy of Macbeth as my Mm. favorite, just because it, I, it is so different. It was essentially shot entirely on a soundstage and uh, I don't know if that was, I think that was largely not a pandemic decision, but something that they wanted to do before they wanted to make this um, a very spacious, minimalistic design. And I, I really loved the way it looked, but I, I, I loved Dune. Uh, the Power of the Dog looked really good. I think that that's yeah. the other one that Dune's probably up against the most. And that one is, um, would have, it would be the first female cinematographer to ever win. Uh, Ari, Ari Wegner, I believe is her name. And so that would be pretty cool to see that. She's only 37, but she she did a great job with Power Dog. Got some great shots in that. But of the ones that weren't nominated that I wanted would have wanted to see is it's going to be a theme here. But the Green Knight uh, being completely as well. gonna, being completely shut out of of all categories. I think this one especially stings quite a bit. But I would go with I think Dune's going to win. I think we're both pretty agreed on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing that's cool about this category this year is I think really all of these. There's not a single one. There's definitely some I would scratch my head at if they won. Just like, oh, I didn't expect that. But mm-hmm. even in some bizarre world where a Nightmare Alley or West Side Story pulls out a win. I mean, even both of those are by, you know, two directors who know what they want and they know what they want us to see and they make it happen, whether it's them behind the camera or whether it's somebody else. And mm-hmm. both of those have really excellent cinematography as well. We talked about yeah. on the last episode, all the talk of the, the one shot in West side story in the gym and Guillermo del Toro who directed nightmare alley talking about how amazing that was. And so, yeah, I don't think there's really a, a bad choice in this category, which is, which is cool to see. Yeah. I would also, I would love to see a West side story get, get that award or nightmare alley really any of them any of these five i'd be okay with but i think it for both of us it looks like it's going to be dune um the next category we have is best costume design and this is a kind of a deep bench really for this one um for will win i think i and and it's pretty much the 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 bona fide favorite is cruella who's you know that's a it's a movie about fashion so any movie about fashion that really nails its looks is going to uh, and they, they went so above and beyond and over the. Top. I actually don't know. Did you do you have a take on Corella? Is that a were you favorable of Corella? I was pretty like, hmm, wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. Was kind of my response to it. It was yeah. just kind of so so in my book. Yeah, there were I elements thought- I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I've only seen it the once. Um, I think Rachel liked it a lot more than I did my wife, but. Uh, I was impressed with the costumes. Uh, yes. However, my my uh, should win for the costume design. I went with West Side Story, of course. I think that mm. you know when when I think of West Side Story, the first one of the first things I think of is 
um, that yellow dress that that uh, Ariana DeBose wears in yeah. um, in the uh, in America, the America song, and mm-hmm. thinking about all the dresses and the period costuming, I, I thought it was just all great, and I and I would yeah. love to see West Side Story win. Doubt that's going to happen. And my should have been here is Spencer. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean the way they replicated Diana's exact dresses and and how many of them that there are was was really cool to see. Yeah, but I was bummed that didn't make it in. Yeah, yeah, I agree on that. And you know, I also think most likely Corella is probably going to win. I think too, it would be surprising for Disney to get shut out in every single one of these type of categories that doesn't typically happen. I don't think Um, this is another one of those where all, like you said, I mean, it's a deep bench. All of these have really intricate and very detailed and true to their time period uh, costumes. And, you know, that's something I always appreciate. So, you know, a little fun fact about me, I actually worked in a costume shop for almost three years uh, making costumes for, Uh, theater shows and so it's something i definitely learned to appreciate the difficulty that goes behind all of those little costume pieces you see and how much work goes into those things that you see for four seconds but probably took them eight hours to put together and i think that all of these just have such a cool look to them obviously you know west side story not only ariana debose's dress but there are multiple scenes of just these huge colors and this, the choreography really makes the most out of these flying dresses that really move around. And it really just works perfectly in sync uh, with all the cinematography. Uh, Cyrano is a movie that not a ton of people got to see. It came out pretty late in theaters. I know that we had it at a couple theaters um, here in Louisville where I am, but that was one that, you know, I went and saw it with my wife and we both just over and over like, oh, wow, look at that costume. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I wish I could wear something like that. And, you know, that's always a good sign that you're doing something right. And uh, but yeah, I just think I think for me, I this is one that I would love to see Dune win. I think Dune took so many of those intricate elements that, you know, you have in the book of these are the still suits and all those different things like that, that have a very unique and specific look to how they function within the story. And I think they just really nailed the look of those things. Um, It definitely fits the characters. It fits the world, especially Rebecca Ferguson's outfits. There's one where she first gets to Arrakis and gets off the ship. And it's like this crazy flowing orange dress with this veil. And it's just like, Oh wow. That that's pretty cool looking. And, so, and Dune is Dune is doing there. I mean, how do you think through the fashion of, you know, thousands yeah, of years from now? Exactly. And the way that they do it, it's like, Oh, that's, it's familiar to clothing yes. that I've seen, but it's also different and unique. Yeah. And that, yeah. It, it's a lot to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what I think. And I think one that I would have, love to see i think i also would have really liked to see french dispatch i think Mm, french dispatch had some really really fun elements to it and kind of had some uh different areas of the world that it was focused on and different kind of types of quirky people in different areas and i think it would have been really fun to see that get a nomination here yeah so next up we have film editing and I, I guess I neglected to, to read off the nominees, uh, the past two categories, so I'll do that. Uh, Dune, Don't Look Up, somehow. 
King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. I was not favorable of Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, but I will say the editing was one of the best parts of it. Some of the numbers are really cleverly edited. Um, This is one of four categories that for my Academich Awards post on our website, I I basically am hedging my bets with some... Uh, some could wins. And I think this one is, I have no idea who's going to win this. Yeah. Yeah. I think my pick, I'll, I'll let you go first. Let me see if you can bring me, any, <laughs> I'll let you go and see if you can give it, me any clarity on who I should go with. I think that this is one that because one's like, don't look up. Uh, one's like, you know, I think King Richard was good. And I think anytime you have a sports movie, you know, it's going to get some accolades for how they handle, you know, the real time plays and things like that. Um, but I think that this is one of those where you could see the Academy and the people involved yet again, looking at the scope of something like Dune and being like, that is so much to try to cut down and make work with how much I'm sure that Villeneuve shot. I can only imagine how many deleted scenes and cutting room floor things there are. Uh, So I could see that winning pretty handily, but I do think on the other end, Dune is a huge book. You are already saying basically, Hey, I'm going to have to make two movies So I think that, you know, you could make an argument that it's, well, you only had to edit down basically half a book versus some of these other things that are a whole storyline or a whole book adaptation, whatever it is. So I I think for me, I I think I would like to see Power of the Dog win this one. I think that the way that the story unfolds and kind of like we talked about a little bit last week, it kind of becomes something more than you're expecting. And it does have a little bit of that twist. I think the way it's told is really effective. And I think it's really clear that a lot of that came in the editing room and the way that those things came together, the way that they sliced uh, different pieces and different character development together to really make that moment hit. Um, that is definitely one that I would, that I would say I would like to see win. Um, in terms of one I would love to see, I would have really liked to see Licorice Pizza here. I think Licorice Pizza, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, the propulsion of it and the running and the movement. And I think that that is a really hard thing to film. And that's a hard thing to put together in a way that it's not annoying or obnoxious or stressful. And I think that Paul Thomas Anderson, his team, like really pulled that off well. So that's one that I, that I would have liked to see here. Okay. I think so. The, I'm going to go with King Richard winning for film editing. I have a couple reasons for that. This is my galaxy brain. I think that like my my head tells me like it's going to be the power of the dog or Dune easy. And then my yeah. my like galaxy brain is like, but King Richard. So the reason yeah. my galaxy brain is saying that is because the King Richard won the dramatic category of the Eddies, which is the American Cinema Editors Award. So that's like their... All the editors vote on the best editing for the comedy and musical. They gave it to tick, tick, boom, but for dramatic, they gave it to King Richard. So that would have been over Dune and the power of the dog. So I think that King Richard, it has a similar. So one of the big themes of this year with movies is how long all these Oscar movies were. And I think you feel it. Like I, I remember we watched the Batman, which is three hours long. And Rachel afterwards was like, I mean, Dune felt longer to me. 
And yeah. I think I've heard that from a lot of people that Dune yeah. feels like a really long movie. It's slow. And of course, the, that's the biggest knock against the power of the dog. So yeah. part of me is wondering if the Academy see it, there's those complaints get heard a lot and there's, that's the talk of the town. And so they see something like King Richard when in editing and that's a long movie too, but that doesn't feel very long. So yeah. I think that that's, but they do tend to reward these big movies like Dune. So that's what has me torn. Uh, yeah. I think I would have loved to have seen West side story here. That's mm. my, uh, you know, should have been here. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, the way that they edit those musical numbers and, and all the, the stuff that they're, um, putting on screen is really impressive and and I think that they didn't that they didn't get nominated for that. Um, of these nominees, I would probably go with the Power Dog as well as the who I'll be rooting for, just because, uh, like you said, I think it, the story editing is is kind of it's a storytelling uh, category, but I also think it's a directing category. Even though the editor is the one, yeah. you know, edit. If you're an editor, I'm sure that you're just losing your mind right now. I don't think any of our editors are in our uh, <laughs> subscribers, but I, I do think that film editing, uh, I, I think of it in terms of a director, like a director telling this story. And I think the power of the dog is a really efficient storytelling, even if it is a little slower. I think that it's uh, lots of little moments. And um, so I would go with, uh, with King Richard for that one next up. So we've done cinematography, costume design, film editing. We're going to do makeup and hairstyling. This is a lot easier of a category to pick. So the nominees for best makeup and hairstyling are uh, Coming to America, which I haven't seen actually, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. So who do you think is going to win this one? I mean, I this feels like one of those that Eyes of Tammy Faye was the movie this year that we get almost every year where it's here's these actors that become unrecognizable through prosthetics and all this time they put into. And then on whatever Twitter, Facebook, you get some time lapse video of how long it took them to get <laughs> into their makeup and how much it hurt their skin and their dedication to the craft. And, you know, there's always one of those. And Eyes of Tammy Faye was that one this year. Jessica Chastain, you know, playing the lead role here. I I would be kind of surprised not to see this one win just for the sheer fact of how hard she has campaigned for herself. And because she obviously wears the most prosthetics and makeup of anyone in the movie, I could see that obviously playing to their favor. Um, you know, I, I do think that yet again, I think Dune's got a really good shot um, solely because of the world and the different cultures and the costumes all playing into having to create these, you know, different ethnicities and family groups among all these different characters and trying to distinguish them. Um, so I could, I could see Dune having a shot at this, but I think it's hard to say that eyes of Tammy Faye isn't going to just kind of walk away with it. Like yeah. those kind of movies do every year. Yeah. I feel very similarly. I think that I would actually say, I mean, the eyes of Tammy Faye, um, I got a chance to see, and I was not impressed with it at all. Uh, tells the story of, um, obviously Tammy Faye and, um, Jim Baker, who were disgraced evangelical televangel televangelists. Um, and you know, it's, I do think it's imp I, on, on the one hand, I'm kind of my head in my heart here. My head says, this is really impressive the way that they've made them look like this with prosthetics. And then my heart is like, but I'm so 
bored of that winning every year. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that Jessica Chastain, like you said, she's ran a great because let's face it, the Oscars are not objective, you know. They're, we've said it last week. It's they're not they're not it is a political race and you have to campaign, you have to spend money, you have to kiss babies. And I think Jessica Chastain has fully done that. And and I see the the you know, we'll kind of get in ahead of best actress, but I see those two kind of combined together of like, yeah, if we're going to reward her for best actress, then we have to reward yeah. the makeup because that's yeah. what made her performance. So I, I definitely see that winning. Um, as to what should win, I think as Tammy Faye, I'd go with in terms of what I would like to see here. Um, that's tough to say. The only, I mean, I'm not sure if I would replace it with anything. Uh, actually, no, I, uh, makeup hairstyling because the hairstyling of Diana is so good in Spencer. I'd probably go with Spencer yeah. here. I would yeah. like to see Spencer. And Agreed. honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, the design of the actual green Knight is really impressive. I'm not sure if that would. I'm assuming that would be makeup and hairstyling. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah, if the green that's the case, himself. yeah, if that's the case, I would put the Green Knight in there easy. Eyes of Tammy Faye, Spencer, Green Knight, Dune, and and another one. I don't know, but that's yeah. that's what I would go with. But yeah, I agree. Um, so anyway, uh, next one is production design. And this is another category that I'm kind of hedging my bets on. I'm really, I, I think I've gotten it down to three. Um, but the nominees are Dune, uh, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. I think that Dune is going to win this because it has won pretty much all the precursor awards. Oh, save for a couple, and the couple that they haven't won have gone to Nightmare Alley. And I think Nightmare Alley is maybe the more impressive production design. I, I, I caught up with Nightmare Alley again was much more favorite. That was probably the biggest 180 I've done on a movie so far. And I think that's going to be one that we look back years from now and say, wow, that was a really good movie. Um, what would you say if if I was a layman that's like, what the heck is production design? What would you say <clears throat> that it is? So production design is essentially, um, so if we're, we're thinking about what is the camera capturing, I think this is this includes sets. Um, it includes the designs that you do for all of the things that are both in the foreground and the background, basically everything you see on the screen. That's not an actor is going to be, even though an actor is part of the production design. Um, but so typically what we see here is a lot of, um, films in this category will be rewarded for, uh, period dramas. Uh, so, so things from a different time period where it's hard, that's a really hard, expensive, um, kind of a headache to do is to recreate, you know, a, a 1973 Los Angeles, a licorice pizza mm -hmm. or something like that. They have to work really hard to make everything uh, period accurate. And, and other, other things would be sci-fi movies like Dune that are, that are really working with a big uh, canvas on which to, to, to do some cool stuff. So I think of these nominees, I think Dune's going to win. I think Nightmare Alley, maybe Nightmare Alley and West Side Story, I think I would cheer for more. But I, of course, am not upset about Dune. I think when, you know, I, when when most people think of Dune, for obvious reasons, they think of desert. But I yeah. so much of Dune takes place in other worlds. And in, in so many, every time people are talking in a room in Dune, like the level of detail that's going on in, in the frame is, is really astounding. So I think it'll probably be Dune in terms of what I would have liked to see that wasn't there. Um, probably, I mean, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, probably green Knight. 
or the French Dispatch. Yeah. I thought the first yeah. French Dispatch had a really impressive production design, but I think Dune's going to win this, but I could easily see Nightmare Alley winning. So I'm, I'm yeah. a little bit torn. Yeah. I, I, you know, yet again, I agree. And I think you mentioned before, I think tragedy and Macbeth is just so unique in its mm-hmm. production design and it is a lot more minimalistic, but at the same time, it's kind of made to be like a theater performance in a lot of ways. And, uh, and you know, this is definitely speaking more on, you know, probably cinematography, but there are some, there's some moments in Macbeth that are pretty chilling just in terms of where you are in terms of, you know, it does incorporate though, a lot of that production design of things in the set that are interacting with actors and the camera just does a good job of capturing it. But I do think that it is a very fitting addition to the production design nominees. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's going to win, but if it did, I think that would be pretty cool. um, Cause it is so unique. I think compared Mm -hmm. to a lot of these other movies that are a lot bigger productions and have a much higher budget most likely yeah Um, but yeah i i think that they're all really good options but i I think most likely dune will probably walk away with it yeah yeah next category in the technical side of things going into the um the sound area we got score we'll start with original score um so the nominees here are dune don't look up encanto Parallel Mothers, that was a big surprise, and The Power of the Dog. And who do you you have of these winning? I think we're about to see a theme emerge here. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they're going to want to really give Hans Zimmer his Oscar. Um, Which would only be be his his first one? His second, but the first one he got was The Lion King, which was, what, 93 or 94? Yeah. And and he's done a million things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that they're going to want to reward him. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he literally created instruments for this score. So I don't think it would be undeserving in any way. But man, I want to see this one go to my boy, Johnny Greenwood. I want him to win this so bad. I would have way more preferred, I think, for him to win it for Spencer because I love the Spencer score, but the power of the dog score is great as well. And I'm glad it's nominated. I I really want to see him win. I think he could win honestly. Um, But I I think it's maybe a little more unlikely solely because I do think that Zimmer's score probably plays a bigger role in Dune then Greenwood's score plays in Power of the Dog. I think you walk away from Dune thinking about the score. Like, oh man, it like if you saw an IMAX, you're like, man, that was kind of making my bowels shake. And that was really loud. And holy cow, that was kind of cool. In Power of the Dog, I think it's maybe a thing you think about later or maybe on a second watch. Like, oh wow, this music is kind of chilling, but also really beautiful, which is Johnny Greenwood's music in a nutshell. If you didn't know, he is the lead guitarist for Radiohead. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't know that already. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love Nicholas Bertel, but you will not hear me promote. Don't look up in any way on this podcast. So I'm just <laughs> not going to talk about True. it because it almost kind of hurts me that he's even involved in it. Yeah. Um, 
Encanto, I don't know if there is a real difference, but Encanto is more of a soundtrack than a score to me. I don't know if there's actually a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels more like a collection of original songs that yeah. you sing along to in the car than it does like a moving score. Right. Um, I agree. And then Parallel Mothers is one I didn't get a chance to. Didn't get yeah, I saw Parallel Mothers, and I thought I I, thought, I think I remember thinking, oh, that score's nice. But I I was really surprised when I saw it on nomination day. I'm at, we don't disagree often, but we're, I'm going to have to disagree with you here, Nathan. I think the Power of the Dog score is to me it's 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 part of the magic trick of that movie. Okay, and I and I remember thinking a lot more about that. You know, I've I've seen Dune only the once in theaters. I've seen Power of the Dog twice, so that that could be part of it. But I thought that the way that Johnny Greenwood sets the mood, not only for mm-hmm. the Power of the Dog, but for Spencer, um, and I think that that I do think Hans Zimmer is going to win here. But part of me is like, you know, I know that a lot of people, are, us included, I would have loved. That's my, you know, should have been here is Spencer. A lot of people love that score. And I think Greenwood has been on just an absolute tear and he's finally kind of breaking out from just kind of PTA movies. Yeah. Um, PTA is the one who basically discovered him um, and had him, I, his first score would have been maybe punch drunk love or there will be blood. I think so regardless, that's an amazing that that's your first score. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There will be blood often thought to be the best, you know, 21st century movie, but yeah, yeah I would go, I think, um, I think Dune's going to win this. I would like to see the power of the dog win. And I wish Spencer would have been here, but Johnny Greenwood is, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to see kind of these rock stars turned, you know, um, sco- score composers. Cause we all saw the same thing with the, um, uh, who did the social network? Uh, night, the night. Yeah. Um, speaking of the power of the dog, Another one that I would have liked to see was the French Dispatch. Um, that was Alexander Splat, who's been Wes's collaborator for a while now. I thought that was a really good score, very yeah. um, very whimsical to match the Wes Anderson vibe. So I, I like yeah. that one a lot. Yeah. So going along with score, our next one is going to be original song. And Nathan and I talking before we recorded, we hate this category. Um, <laughs> I don't see except for falling slowly from once is the only exception, right? And that's like, oh, okay, that's <laughs> why they have that category. But honestly, yeah. I think this is a pretty outdated category, and I think most of the time, the reason they keep it in is because you get Billie Eilish and Phineas to come, and yeah. I think that well, I, the the, uh, the five nominees are um, No Time to Die. From No Time to Die, um, Dos Oruguitas from Encanto. Not let's talk about Bruno or whatever that <sighs> one is. That one did not get nominated. They went with a different one. Uh, I am re- I am not high on Encanto at all. By the way, I think that is a very yeah. overrated movie. Maybe yeah. if I had kids, you know, like a couple five year olds, maybe I'd hate it more. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> um, Be Alive from King Richard, Down to Joy from Belfast, and Somehow You Do by the movie Four Good from the movie four good days, which I have not heard of till I saw the nominations um, announced uh, for this one. I am going to go with the star power of Billy Eilish and Phineas. I'm going to go with no time to die, um, yeah. which is the, the bond song. And as to what should win, I mean, I guess no time to die in terms of what could have been here. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's my, I am very uh, apathetic about original song. 
So yeah, I feel like it's gotten to the point where maybe I could like write a song for a movie I like and put <laughs> it on TikTok, and they would be like, "Well, I guess we could just nominate that because it maybe <laughs> relates to the movie somehow." I'm not sure. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess no time to die. I mean, what else are they gonna? I mean, I guess they could get Beyonce on stage, and maybe they'd like that. So that right. could be a good one too. <laughs> Yeah. So, so next up we have best sound. This used to be sound mixing and sound editing, two separate categories, but it has since been, I think rightfully so, um, pushed into just one category. Um, and so sound, the nominees for sound are Dune, Belfast, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. And I think this one's a pretty sure-handed lock for Dune. I think Dune's going to sweep a yeah. lot of these below-the-line technical categories. And I think this the sound for Dune, along with the score, like you said, I mean, that that is so much of the world building. Is yeah. it's, a, it's an auditory experience. It's an audible experience as much as it is a visual one and a storytelling one. So I think Dune's going to win. I think Dune, I think Dune should win. Uh, one of the rare, like I think the will win and should win are pretty locked up. Would love to see West Side Story, of course. I think anytime you do a musical that that that's that good, you got to nominate it for sound. And then in terms of should have been, similarly, I would have gone with In the Heights. I would have loved to see in, in the Heights in here, um, along with West Side Story. Both really, really good musicals. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really understand Belfast in this category. I'm not sure what put that above other things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be a big surprise to me if Dune didn't just kind of run away with this. I could, I could see no time to die getting some attention solely Mm -hmm. because of the high action and the car chases and, you know, the shooting all having to go together and make sense. Um, so I could see that getting some attention and obviously West Side Story was great, but I think Dune's probably the easy pick for this one. Yeah. And Let's see. That leads us to our next category, which is visual effects, visual effects. And I think that this one will be very similar to what we said last (laughs) time in that it's I think Dune's got this one pretty locked up. The nominees are Dune, Free Guy. That was a kind of a surprise. No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Spider-Man No Way Home. Think about visual effects is it rarely goes to a Marvel movie. And And I think that's for good reason, because I think that Marvel tends to I think that there there's just so much like I think one of the big things that was kind of going around Twitter was the the Spider-Man No Way Home behind the scenes of like how they did this, which was their way of campaigning. But it actually turned me off even more to the to it it winning just because it's like, okay, if everything is visual, like I, I want a more seamless like it's hard to see the visual effects. I think that's what makes a good visual effect. Like for example, parasite parasite from a few years ago had so like just hundreds of visual effect shots that no one would have ever known, but it tends to be those louder Marvel movies, the where you're like, okay, I can tell everyone's on a green screen, but in my mind that doesn't make good special effects. It just shows you that they're, that they have special effects. Whereas something like Dune or no time to die, those seem a lot more seamless of it's harder to see, where the CGI is and where it isn't what's practical and what's not. But yeah, well, and I know that was a lot of the critical response to, you know, Shang-Chi was, Hey, we really love this. We really love, you know, this new hero, this new world we're brought into, but why are you covering up all these incredible, you know, fighters and martial arts experts with all this 
blah, you know, like yeah. just let us see them fight in real time rather mm-hmm. than trying to cover it up with all these CGI effects that just mm-hmm. kind of make it blurry. Um, yeah. So th- yeah, that's definitely something I agree with. And I think that you run into that with Marvel movies all the time. Yeah. And I think the one that I, the only other one that I think could have, and I think does rival Dune, as we've said before, would be the green Knight, mm-hmm. And I think that is one that does give you things that you know are not real, but it does them in a way where you're like, but man, it could be, you know, (laughs) like if I, if I was in this world, I would believe that if I saw it. So I I think that that's one I really wish, you know, we could have seen here. Um, I would have loved for them to put that in instead of free guy for Mm -hmm. whatever reason they put that in there. Um, But yeah, I, I think Dune's gonna, and take this one as well. So next up, we're moving away from the technical awards into kind of the best picture adjacent awards. So we'll start out with best animated feature, and the nominees for that are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, great named movie there. I love the title. And Raya and the Last Dragon. So Nathan, who do you got winning from from this crop of nominees? Yeah, I think most likely Encanto will probably win uh, just because of its sheer popularity. I do think that Flea is one that did get a ton of critical response. It's super unique as a documentary that it's animated. I think that that gives it a certain amount of edge maybe with some voters, but I just... I think that Encanto, Encanto is definitely the easy choice here. It's like, oh, it's this happy, everyone's watched it. We could get, you know, some viewership by having it in the spotlight a little bit. Huge um, TikTok movie. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that, I think that's probably going to win. But I did actually really like the Mitchells versus the Machines. I think that it was unique in a lot of ways. I think it was really funny. Chris Lord and Phil Miller just do not miss. I have yet to watch something that they've been behind that has not made me laugh out loud multiple times, which is their goal. Uh, this is the same team uh, or not the same effects team, but the same producers behind uh, into the spider verse. And Lego so, movie. yeah, Lego movie. And so I, I think that, that's one I would really like to see win. And I honestly, I think it could, you know, I think that that had maybe a bigger response than we expected it to. And I think that it's one that people did really enjoy. It was a Netflix movie. Um, But yeah, I, I guess the only thing that could maybe really go in its favor is if the Encanto Luca Ray of the last dragon, Disney connection kind of splits it among people, uh, which I think is a possibility. Uh, because definitely Mitchell's versus machines and flea are the two kind of unique outliers. Uh, so I could see those, you know, that helping in its favor a little bit, but I think most likely Encanto is going to walk away with it. Yeah. I, I think this is a pretty weak year for animated films. Uh, I think I would have Encanto winning as well, just because it seems like it has all the momentum, has all the cultural cachet, Everyone's kids are watching it like over and over again. I'm told. Um, I think I would, who I would like to see would probably be Flea, just because I think that's an, they did something different. You know, they made a documentary, they made 
this, you know, they, they did all of these um, real life, they, they filmed all of these documentary footage and then they, they made it animate. It's just really impressive. Good movie. Um, and it's going to show up in the next three categories, I think, because it's both foreign film, documentary and animated. So it's rare that I'm not sure if that's ever happened before. But yeah, I of these, I like Flea and Ryan the Last Dragon the most. I think the Michels versus the Machines would probably benefit from a rewatch for me. It, it felt really fast and hectic and a yeah. little too zany for me to latch on to a lot of it. But it mm. also has a lot of those like kind of insider cinephile jokes that yeah. were certainly aimed at me. Uh, yeah. so I, 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 and Luca was a perfectly fine Pixar yeah. movie. And I think that's probably the void that we're seeing is that Luca is just, is just okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with, uh, Encanto winning. I don't want it to win. It's probably the one I would like actually like to see win the least out of these, yeah. but, uh, whatever, maybe my name's Bruno, but <laughs> so animated feature, uh, I would also like to shout out the animation in the French dispatch, which was maybe give yeah. that, give that the Oscar. I don't know. Um, so next up we have best documentary feature and these nominees are Attica Ascension Flea Summer of Soul and Riding with Fire. Uh, this one seems to be pretty obvious for most prognosticators and people and pretty much Summer of Soul has won just about everything it could have. So yeah. I'm going to go with Summer of Soul. I think it's it's what absolutely should win. I think it's a brilliant documentary. One of the best we've gotten in the last few years. Uh, yeah. Questlove, can't wait to see him. It, what a journey for him from being the guy yeah. that they had to awkwardly like in the Oscars after Anthony Hopkins won and wasn't there over Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> now he's going to be, <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny how the world works, but he's going to be back and he's going to be given an accept, acceptance. Full circle. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you I agree. Summer I mean, Soul I think- yeah, I think Summer of Soul is is kind of the clear the clear one here. I think, you know, we talked about Flea has that very unique element to it that I think could play in its favor a little bit just because it is very different and it kind of takes the medium in a different direction. But I think just the sheer content and story of Summer of Soul is just is just tough to tough to beat out. So the next one we have up, next category is best international film, used to be best foreign language feature. Um, I think the, the name of it is a lot, a lot better now, but, uh, and those nominees are drive my car, flee the hand of God, Lunana, a yak in the classroom. Never heard of it until the nominations and the best movie in the world, the worst person in the world coming in. So I think this is a, uh, kind of a two horse race here. Actually, no, no, this is a one horse race. If you're a foreign language film and you get nominated, excuse me, if you're an international film and you get nominated for best picture, you will win best international film (laughs) and it won't be close. I, I think the worst person in the world is a pretty beloved movie. Um, and it's one that you and I certainly wear all in on, but I definitely think that drive my car is going to walk away here and Ryosuke Hamaguchi and well-deserved. I would absolutely put it. Uh, in terms of what I would like to see here, I think I would have liked to have seen something like a hero or Titan. Both of those were, were good films. Titan, the French film, uh, a hero being the, uh, Iranian film. Um, but I think the hand of God is good. Um, but I, I have, I'm gonna be honest with you. I have no idea what Lula, what Lunana, a yak in the classroom is, but I don't think it's going to win. I definitely think that drive my car 
is going to win. Um, I think that if there was a year where one that was nominated for Best Picture and International Feature and another one could beat it, I think Worst Person in the World would be the one that could do it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to, but I, th- I think that it definitely could, and I think it's got some of that traction. Um, but I I think Drive My Car is is the pretty clear answer here, um, especially, like we said, just the fact that it was so good. They were like, we should probably nominate this for Best Picture as well <laughs> for all of the Americans that went out of their way to actually go see this one. Yeah, yeah. So next up is a little bit of a harder category. This is this is one of the uh, the ones I've kind of hedged my bets on a few times. This is best adapted screenplay. This is a screenplay that has been um, already existed before the film. So this could be um, made from a book or a play or a short story, something like that. And so the nominees for adapted screenplay are Coda. Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Um, so Nathan, what are, you, what are you thinking with this one? I would really love to see Drive My Car win this one. Me too. Um, I, I think just the sheer fact of considering, if you have seen this, if you haven't, we've talked about it. It is a long movie. And its entire screenplay was adapted from a short story mm-hmm. that then implements an Anton Chekhov play (laughs) and brings it into this, I mean, just gorgeous story. And the dialogue is amazing. The way that conversations are put together, characters meet, characters are developed. I mean, it's all just done so well, just based off the premise of a short story. And that is just such a difficult thing to do. And I think we've seen it before with a movie like burning that was based off a, a, pretty small short story you could read it in 10 minutes and yet it's this super powerful film and i think this is the same way uh, so i would really love to see drive my car win this one i think it is very much deserving i think what will win is most likely power of the dog i think that is just because not only of the sheer amount of people that have seen it because of the traction it's had for so long in that category Um, but I do think some of the subject matter, um, has certainly been talked about a lot more than other movies. And I think maybe gives it a leg up in terms of its representation and things like that. And the way that it does it in such a subtle way, I think that that is really going to play a hand in kind of pushing it forward, maybe above some of these others, but you got a movie like Coda that seems to keep coming from behind very randomly in some of these races, the BAFTA, you know, gave them the adapted screenplay award. And so you can never, at this point, you can never count Coda out for any of these bigger awards that's nominated Mm -hmm. for, which seems strange to say, because I don't think any of us, when we watched it, were like, well, that's going to be an Oscar nom. You know, I think we watched it and we're like, Whew, that got me. All right, mm-hmm. moving on, you know. So, it it should be an interesting race. I I'm really I'm not 100% sure really what's going to win this one. Yeah. And also on uh, over the weekend, Coda won the Writers Guild adapted screenplay. Although it wasn't up against The Power of the Dog, I'm not really sure why that was the case, why it wasn't nominated hmm. for for Writers Guild. I think it was unable to be nominated for some reason, probably on some sort of technicality, but hmm. yeah, I think um I think Coda is going to win this just because 
this is the movie that people seem to really be latching on uh, in the Academy and otherwise for a feel good movie that it feels like you're making a difference by making, by giving it an award. You know, it's, it's not just, Mm. Oh, the power, like we're recognizing some, an achievement of cinema. No, it's, we're recognizing human people, like a a group of people. So I think that Coda at this point is probably going to be really close for all three of the things that it's nominated for, just because it has all the momentum and people love the people who are involved in it and they love seeing the speeches. Like that's been the highlight of award season is all of the love that code has gotten. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, people compare it to parasite in that it's kind of this darling underdog that comes out of nowhere and gets all the momentum at the right time. This is like, you know, in March madness, when I've been thinking some, something similar to like North Carolina, you know, the run that they're on, you know, this is, it's, you know, it's not like Coda is, coming from people with no money are really small yeah you know it's an apple it's owned by apple and they bought it for yeah. a record price at a sunday yeah. and so i think this is similar to like a north carolina that just gets really hot at the right time and starts beating a bunch of people and you're like man where did this come from yeah but yeah i think code is gonna win i would like to see oh of these nominees um i think drive my car for sure uh i think lost daughter and the power of the dog are both great adaptations dune is a tough often said to be the unadaptable novel but i think a lot of these bigger awards i think people are holding out for very similar to like lord of the rings you know they're going to wait for the the ending to the story to kind of give it all the the awards the bigger awards so i think that may be the case with dune part two we'll see but i think code is going to win this um would have liked to have seen west side story here you know tony kushner did a great update kept kept a lot of the, the the main stuff in there but did throw in some of his um his own unique spin on it i thought that was a really great adaptation as i've said (laughs) this entire podcast um but yeah i think code is gonna walk away with this one but uh so the other writing category is best original screenplay uh so this is a non-existing script non-existing story and the nominees here are don't look up belfast king richard licorice pizza and the worst person in the world and this is another one that i think is pretty tough to to kind of nail down what I think is going to win. I my I would love to see Licorice Pizza. I I'm not sure if the writing was the the biggest like high point of Licorice Pizza and even some of the controversy it's had has had to do with the writing. So part of me even though it may be the kind of the odds on favorite right now to win because you know sometimes the academy is like we when we decide that this beloved filmmaker or actor or whatever is ready, to, when we decide they're going to win an Oscar, that's when they'll win an Oscar. Yeah, and yeah. they've been doing that for decades, and it may be that time for Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't know. We'd love to see him give an accept, acceptance speech. It was my favorite movie of the year. I don't think he's going to win though. I think people, I I don't think people want Kenneth Branagh to go home empty-handed. And he's the director, <laughs> writer, director of Belfast. It's his. It's his story. It's it's a you know sentimental black and white movie about a person's childhood. And I feel like that's, that's as original as it gets. And I, I, I think that, that Kenneth Brown is going to go, even though that movie's kind of a tonal disaster and it doesn't really, I I'm convinced that movie has no idea what it wants to be, but people like it. So I think, I think Belfast is going to get um, original screenplay um, in terms of what should like what is the best screenplay here i think the worst person in the world is the best screenplay um i think that's what probably should win i don't think that it will um but 
yeah, in terms of what I would have liked to see here that wasn't here, probably the French Dispatch, because that is, you know, that's a movie about writers and writing. And it's just so that I mean, that's such a dense movie and a dense screenplay. So I would like to send that seeing that here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much have all the exact same notes as you had. I think Belfast is probably going to win. I wish that it wouldn't because for me, you know, for me as a writer at heart, understanding that like, if your movie is not great, it probably comes down to the writing at some point. It might not be all the writing, but it plays a factor in it, you know? And so I think that, when you've, like you said, you've got a movie that is just such a tonal mess and is like kind of just all over the place, you know, some of that has to come down to the writing. And I think it connects with people because, you know, it's an, to some extent, interesting story. and It's an interesting time period. And I think to not be able to write it well, to make it really work says something about it. So I think I'm a little surprised that it's like such a front runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't in any way understand why don't look up is in this category. Um, I think the, I you, honestly, I think the Academy just loves Adam McKay. Yeah. Which I don't get for whatever you know? reason. He, I mean, big <laughs> short and vice, but I mean the big yeah. short one adapted screenplay, I think when it came out and both of those, yeah. all his last three movies have been nominated. I don't think Anchorman was up for best picture. Um, which is, you <laughs> or know, brothers which, or... Yeah. the only ones that should have been weren't. Yeah, so. exactly. I was like, well, maybe those should have been, <laughs> but yeah, so, I also, you know, I think licorice pizza and worst person in the world, you know, are totally deserving and I think would be great. Um, mm-hmm. the, what I would have wanted to see, uh, I would have wanted to see mass here, uh, Ooh, yeah. original screenplay, original screenplay by Frank Kranz. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, this must have been adapted, you know, off a of play. Uh, but no, he wrote it for the screen. He wrote it in this way. It's all dialogue. Um, I, I think it's really powerful. Uh, it's one that I, you know, thought about a lot after seeing it. And I think it was a really, I, I think if it hadn't been his debut, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of, a lot of critics really responded to it and were, were like, man, we, people got to see this movie and it just wasn't super available. Um, so I think the combination of it being a debut and just accessibility, I think hurt it, but that is one that I think would have been well deserving to be in this category. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to transition into the acting categories. And I think that these are probably the ones that I'm most confident in. Although last year gave us the most surprises in acting. So who knows what's going to happen. But for Best Supporting Actresses, who we'll start out with. And those nominees are Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. Judy Dench. Excuse me. Dame Judy Dench from Belfast. Jesse know, have Buckley. Have we not taken that away since Cats? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you should be able to. Yeah, you should lose that title, and there should be like a ceremony, like in like the same way that in the, like when a guy is knighted or something, they should like yeah some sort of shame. Ooh, we're gonna take yeah. that back. <laughs> yeah, unless they yeah unless they release the butthole cut, in which case she will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, Maymay, if you're listening to this, um, you made it this far. I'm impressed. Um. And uh, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog are the five nominees there. So who do you got for this one, Nathan? 
Uh, I mean, I think Ariana DeBose is going to take this one. I think she's taken it most other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's deserving. I think she was one of the best parts of the movie. Um, and I think she really fit that role well. And what we've talked about is a difficult adaptation when you're taking kind of a beloved thing that, yes, it might have some controversy, but for the most part, people really love it. And if anything, the one thing that has stood the controversy from that original movie would be the character that Ariana DeBose is playing. And so I think that it was really impressive. She was able to kind of make it her own. She was able to update it in a way that I think uh, was just really well done. Uh, Great performer, great singer, um, still had the acting chop. So, you know, I think that I think that was a really um, I think it's a really clear win for her. I think it makes sense. Um, Judy Dench being nominated as opposed to her co-star, Katriana Balfe, really makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, She's in the movie, and that's pretty much the most that you can say about what she does. I mean, maybe (laughs) she has a moment where she cries, and I guess that gets people. Um, But yeah, not, not really understanding that one. Um, I, I think Kirsten Dunn's really was great in the power of the dog. She does have a somewhat minor role, but I think it was so cool to see her again. Um, I know she's been in a couple things since then, you know, she was in that season of Fargo and, um, you know, a couple other, I think TV projects, but it was really cool seeing her in a movie that was being so acclaimed. And, you know, I think she did a really great job. Um, I do love Jesse Buckley, I, I am at the point where I will watch anything that Jesse Buckley is in. Anything, and for sure. I'm super pumped about her upcoming movie, Men, the new Alex Garland movie. I have no idea what it's about, but I'm pumped to watch it. Um, <laughs> and I think Anjanu Ellis was one that actually finally got to King Richard yesterday, oh, and yeah. I was really impressed by her. I mean, I was. To be honest, I was more impressed by her than Will Smith. Um, I thought she really held down a hard role to hold down when you're not the focus. And uh, yeah, so I think I think this is a pretty good category, but I think Ariana DeBose is going to be the one. Yeah, Ariana DeBose for yeah the character she plays is Anita. And um, Rita Moreno, who's also in the West Side Story film, was the original Anita, and she uh, from 1961, and she originally won Best Supporting Actress for Anita. I definitely think that's a factor here. Yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, the older voters are like, "Oh, wouldn't that be cool?" So, yeah, <laughs> uh, Ariana DeBose is good in it. Certainly, uh, I was. I'm still kind of confused. I think it's part of it is because I think that the the supporting actress kind of field this year was a little bit weaker. Uh, that mm-hmm. she has been kind of emerged as such a lock. I would have loved to see, I think the person nominated that I would like to see win the best performance is Kirsten Dunst. Um, yeah. Would have loved to have seen um, Olga Meredith from in the Heights, who kind of plays kind of like that, the Rita Moreno older wise mm. kind of mother of everyone in this neighborhood character. And she has a musical number that just brings me to tears every time. And I wish that she was here. Um, but I also wish that Catherine Hunter was here from the tragedy of Macbeth who plays mm. all three of the witches and oh, it man. is a physical yeah. performance. It's creepy and it's just incredible. And she's not really much of a screen actor. She's mostly a theater actor. So and her voice doubly impressive for her. And uh, I wish I, I did see some critic groups uh, reward her and give her best supporting actress. But yeah, I think this one's 
Ariana DeBose, and I don't think it's close, yeah. but Kirsten well, Dunn is great in Power of the Dog. Yeah, and Ann Dowd from Mass, which we you know yeah. mentioned a little bit earlier. For a while, she was really talked about like, oh man, is she going to get in there? And then I think no one saw it, and people just kind of forgot about her. Uh, but she was she was really great mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll move into the lead acting category. So we'll do lead actor here first. Actually, no, we didn't do supporting actor, did we? Nope. So next up, we will do best supporting actor, and the nominees here are Siren Hines, Siren Siren Hines from Belfast, Jesse Plemons, my boy from The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons, Being the Ricardos, Cody Smith McPhee, The Power of the Dog, and Troy Kotzer from Coda. I think this one is what a weird turn of events this took because initially, like back in the fall, this was all Cody Smith McPhee's. Uh, which is kind of indicative of the larger picture of the power of the dog losing steam to Coda. But I think at this point with Troy Kotzer, who is a a deaf person, um, his speeches uh, at these award ceremonies have been just the highlight of the night. And I think everyone knows that and everyone wants to see his Oscar speech here. And he's going to, he's going to deliver a great one. I know he is. And he, he is very good in Coda. I think all four that family of four, it's kind of, that's a very much, um, you know, the main people you're focused on. I think all four of them are great. And I would have liked to seen the brother in best supporting Mm. actor. I thought he was just as good, but Troy Kotzer has the big emotional weighty scene that just, I've only seen Coda once all the way through. I did watch, I I watched a couple scenes a second time, just like, Oh, let's, let's see if this will make me cry again. And, and it does (laughs) certainly. So uh, I think Troy Kotzer will win. I think he probably should win of those. Although I love Cody Smith McPhee's performance. Um, I just assumed that he had a lisp. I was like, I guess this actor just has a lisp. That's very convenient. But of course, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> but this is also a moment of like, you know, age definitely plays a big factor in who the Academy rewards. And I think they they look at Cody Smith McPhee and they're like, OK, you're in your early 20s. You'll be around for a while. We'll probably not get a performance like this from Troy Kotzer again. So we're going to reward him while we have the chance. But I, I don't think anyone's going to be upset about that. So I uh, would have loved to have seen Anders Danielson Lee here from The Worst Person in the World, who is the uh, the first boyfriend of um Renata Rainsva, who we'll talk about here in a second. And he, you know, I I think the scene that I've thought the most about of any scene all year long in any movie is his kind of monologue in the mm. worst person in the world. He's a, as he's kind of taken, he's got terminal cancer and he used to be this, you know, popular cartoonist and he's, you know, fallen on, on hard times more for in more than one way. And he just delivers just a, completely grief stricken um monologue that just oh it gets me every time but also bradley cooper licorice pizza very different speed mm. from worst person in the world performance yeah. but i would have liked to see that too um but yeah. of all of those that i've said and I, I think that the supporting actor categories i think most of these acting categories got completely wrong but i would love to see mike feist from west side story mm. who i think is the Agreed. best performer in west side story by far Agreed 100 but he didn't campaign because now apparently he wants to like live in a van somewhere and doesn't want to act anymore. <laughs> yeah. so that's probably Which why he's not nominated so yeah 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 i mean i think i think troy kotzer is well deserving and like you said you know he's got a couple scenes that are just gut punches and i think he is definitely the strongest performer in in the movie um I think one that I would have liked to see similar to 
Um, you know, I think we've talked about Macbeth multiple times in some of these areas. I think Alex Hassel, who plays Ross in Macbeth, which mm-hmm. is typically a very small role that in oh, yeah. the play itself is not really focused on at all and has been used differently in different adaptations. But in this one, he's used very heavily. And he is, he just has a screen presence like no other. Yeah. He comes on, he's got this very distinct costume. He's got these huge eyes, this haunting. very, really is haunting kind of angular body that just like strikes you as soon as he comes on. And he really is kind of the impetus in a lot of different scenes and a lot of the different movements of the story. And uh, I would have loved to see them reward him. I think he was really good. Um, but yeah, I, I think Troy Kotzer uh, kind of has this one in the bag. And like you said, I'm very excited to to see what his speech is. I think it's going to yeah. be really cool. That's that's probably the one. That and uh, another, The probably both the actors are the speeches I'm most looking forward to. But yeah, the next category is uh, lead actress, best lead actress. And the nominees for that are Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Kristen, Kristen Stewart for Spencer, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, ugh, and Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, who famously, in one of the best speeches in Oscar history a couple years ago when she won for The Favorite, um, she famously said, addressed her children at home and said, this is probably the last time mommy's going to be up here. And uh, I don't think that's the case, but... Having yep. said that, who do you have for for best actress? I mean, I I really want to see Kristen Stewart win this. Oh yeah, I, I really do. I think that incredible Kristen Stewart in the same what, and I think it's so fitting. Her and Robert Pattinson have had such similar career trajectories in terms of just they were in Twilight, and everyone was like, "These people suck." Please keep them out of anything else in the future. And then after Twilight ended, they took a long, hard look in the mirror and said, I am only going to work with like random auteurs Mm -hmm. and we're just going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And they just started doing all these random projects. So, you know, Kristen Stewart's in Cloud Sills Maria, a personal shopper. Robert Pattinson starts working with the Softy brothers and is doing good time and then he's like i'll just work with claire denis and i'm gonna do high life and all these random projects and now we're here Mm -hmm. and i think kristen stewart just absolutely nails this performance you're gonna have like we talked about before all your diana heads that are like well she didn't perfectly represent this aspect and this aspect but i think she just fits the tone of this movie so well and I think really carries the entire thing. I mean, really by herself. I think I think it's Timothy Spall, um, mm-hmm. who's a supporting actress, is really good, and I think really helps ground it. But I think Kristen Stewart really carries it, and uh, I would love to see her get rewarded for that. Um, but Olivia Coleman is always going to be an Oscar favorite. Everyone loves her. Mm-hmm. I think she's. In some ways, she hasn't taken it, but I think is similar a little bit to Meryl Streep in that, like, she could do some random role that, like, no one has seen. And then you're like, wait, Olivia Coleman was in a movie? Why is she nominated for an Oscar? You know? And so I think she's kind of taken that on a little bit. And so I could see, 
you know, I could see her winning just because, you know, I think Lost Daughter was one that, you know, a lot of people really enjoyed and I think is very focused on these performances. Um, so I could see Olivia Coleman winning because you can never count her out. But this is going to be, and I know that you're pretty confident who you think is going to win, but I think it will be interesting because we do have two of those, you know, biopic, I'm becoming this person kind of things that can maybe split a little bit. And then you've got three Olivia Coleman's and yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. Well, I guess Kristen Stewart's in there is like, yeah, so that's true. So you got three of those and then you've got Penelope Cruz. Who's kind of someone that's like, Oh, I never thought I would see her on an Oscar shortlist. And so, you know, I I think that she's one who, who knows, maybe she comes out as a dark horse, but I I feel like Olivia Coleman is going to win this one, even though I want Kristen Stewart to win. Yeah. I think Penelope Cruz has actually won an Oscar before. And it was for a a film by that same director who she has done. That's kind of his, um, Pedro Almodovar's muse is kind of Penelope Cruz. I'm not sure what she won an Oscar for. Let me look it up real quick. She won for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Oh, that's a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. Okay. So, Penelope Cruz has one. I thought it would be for a Pedro Almodovar movie because that's some of her best work, but it was actually for a Woody Allen movie, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I haven't seen that one, but I think that part, I think if she hasn't won before, I would be picking Penelope Cruz. But I think because Coleman has won, Cruz has won, and Kidman has won, makes me think that this will be either Jessica Chastain or Kristen Stewart. And I don't think that Kristen Stewart, I think because so many people hated Spencer um granted the eyes of tammy faye is not a good movie but it is it is it just kind of checks all those boxes and like we've said before she's been running a great campaign so i'll go with jessica chastain who i who was one of is one of my favorite actors i think i like i had like a draft that i did of like my favorite actors and actresses of the, the decade and jessica chastain was top three for me from the 2010s and yeah while this movie isn't great, I think that she's a great actor and probably this could be a makeup for how she didn't win for zero dark 30 in 2012. So that would certainly play a factor in terms of who I think should win. Obviously Kristen Stewart. Um, and who I would love to see this, this is the, this, the Academy did the worst job of this category of all of them. And I almost would pick a completely different, um, five save Stewart, but uh renata rainsva for the worst person in the world we talked about her last um uh episode and we got her we got her name pronounced right this time so uh yeah her jody comer in the last duel was great alana heim and licorice pizza Mm -hmm. i mean those are all just i would put those all above jessica chastain but whatever she's gonna win so (laughs) uh the last acting category um is probably the one i am most confident in Actually, uh, I don't know. I think the, a couple of these could could potentially make a run. But uh, Will Smith for King Richard. You may have heard of him. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, let's be real, though. Part of part of that is Spider-Man No Way Home, right? I mean, <laughs> got to be some of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Denzel Washington. You may have heard of him. Tragedy Macbeth. And Javier Bardem for being the Garcardos, which is an outrage. Who do you have? Uh, I think think will smith is gonna win um but i would like to see benedict cumberbatch win 
Yeah. Um, I, I think that I was always kind of so-so on Bendit Cumberbatch for a while. I think I've said that before, but I think that he's really good here. Um, I honestly too, I wouldn't mind seeing Denzel Washington win. Um, yeah. I think he, Macbeth is really hard to play. I mean, wow. he's so recognizable. There's been so many people who have played it. Um, and so I think he does his own unique spin. It's very Denzel Washington, um, <laughs> but it's still very Shakespeare. And I think he does a good job. Um, and I like we we also mentioned last week in Tick, Tick, Boom, Andrew Garfield, easily the best part of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, he really does transform into what it seems like Jonathan Larson was like. Um, he does a really great job singing, which he apparently had never done before. Um, so I think that, you know, there's a few people other than I do love Javier Bardem, but I don't think he should be nominated for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really if any of these won, though, you know, other than that, I would be pretty happy. I, I said yesterday in my review when I watched King Richard that I'm not going to mind if Will Smith wins, but I don't think he was even the best performance in his own movie. Sure. And so I would yeah. rather see someone else win. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think for Will Smith, um, I, I remember when the Oscars so white campaign or not campaign rather um, uh, movement, I suppose, happened a um, handful of years ago. So much of it was focused on Will Smith and how he w- was refusing to go to the Oscars. And I think he has been really trying for a couple decades now to get best actor and yeah. If you can make an argument that he probably could have gotten it for Pursuit of Happiness, he's very good in that. I yeah. think probably his career best performance. Yeah. Um, After Earth. Outside I mean. outside of Independence Day, of course. Um, and Hitch, obviously. Hitch is my mother's all-time favorite movie. Um, That's a good with, one. Actually, can't turn it off. Hitch and National Treasure is their other one, which fits into this. <laughs> I think the best performance I saw all year long from an actor is Nicolas Cage and Pig. Oh, and yeah. That's who I would have winning and wish could be here. But of these nominees, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is the most impressive to me. He's also a very um, hateable character, easy to hate. And I think that does play a factor in voters' minds. And I think they're going to go with their heart. And this is definitely in a, it's time, you know, Will Smith, you've waited long enough. We're gonna, This is your coronation. And uh, I am very much looking forward to his speech because, I mean, the man is just charisma all the way. And he has screen charisma. He's a great actor. He just has not picked great projects. And yeah. he really went all in on this one. And I think uh, I think I'm not going to complain about him winning. Yeah. I also really would have liked to see. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Oscar Isaac get a nom for uh, Card Counter. Oh yeah, uh, I think he was. I think in the same way that Ethan Hawke got a nomination for First Reform, same director, similar character. Um, you know, I, I think that I think Oscar Isaac did a really great job in a much more subtle performance, which I don't think the Oscars typically yeah. think about mm-hmm. um, or reward, which I think is partially why Nicolas Cage didn't get nominated because it's a very quiet mm-hmm. performance um, and one that isn't as noticeable, doesn't have all the prosthetics and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd imagine a world in which Javier Bardem is out of this and Nicolas Cage is in there. And I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good category right there. Yeah. And yeah, the, when it comes to the, the, the Oscars and acting performances, I think that they tend to reward uh, physical transformations. They tend to reward 
you know, people playing historical characters, nonfiction characters, they tend to reward big acting moments and this yeah. checks all the boxes. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it, it would be nice. I mean, I think the, I would love to see more Casey Affleck wins for like something like Manchester by the sea. That's not based on, you know, that doesn't check all those boxes that I just mentioned. But yeah. Alas, you know, what are you going to do? So yeah. next up, we're going to be moving into the final two categories. Uh, the most kind of prestigious first one is best director and the nominees for best director are Jane Campion, the power of the dog, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, a man named Steven Spielberg for West side story. Um, a man named Paul Thomas Anderson for licorice pizza. Gosh, those might be two of my top five favorite directors and Ryosuke Hamaguchi for drive my car. Very well earned for that. Um, who do you see going out on top here? I think this one's pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, I think Jane Campion's going to win. Um, I, I think it is deserved. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's very well done. Um, I There is the small part of me, which I guess probably the voting is already over after some silly comments that she made after winning. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which award it was. I think it was Critics' was it Director's Choice. Guild? Either Director's Guild or Critics' Choice. No, I think it yeah. was Critics' Choice. Yeah, made some, you know, silly comment about the Williams sisters Um, that if the, if the voting wasn't already over, I could see that genuinely like hurting her chances. Well, Um, the voting, what it, it has not been, I think it may be at the day where the today we're recording, but I think that it's still open. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, maybe that plays a little factor, you know, the culture we live in and, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you say the wrong thing and it's all right, you're out of here. Like we said, um, it's, it's a campaign. It's a political campaign. Yeah, and, and you yeah. say something bad like that, and that hurts your chances. Yeah. So I, you know, I I think she's gonna win, and I think it's deserving. I obviously I'm on record. Paul Thomas Anderson is my favorite director. I would love mm-hmm. to see him win, but I do think a project like this that is you know much more subtle. It's a hangout movie. I think it's a little unlikely that Oscar voters are really gonna just like absolutely pour to this and be like, yes, get him his Oscar for licorice pizza um i i think i think ryosuke hamaguchi would be more than deserving of this um i mean that i think he could easily do a master class on directing based on some of the projects that he's done already and will probably do many more um so yeah i i would i would love to see him win um obviously you know, who knows, maybe Spielberg comes out of nowhere and is like, Hey, I'll take that. And yeah. I'd be perfectly fine with that. I think, sure. I, I mean, he is the reason that this adaptation is as good as it is. Um, and his understanding of the story and his love for it. Um, so yeah, I, I would be happy with any of them. And, uh, you'll notice that I'm not mentioning Belfast because oh, I just don't understand why People. we're wasting a spot on him. People love Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, I I agree that Jane can't. This is hers to lose. I think I feel pretty safe about her winning, even with the comments that she made. And if you didn't, so the comments, what happened was she was giving an acceptance speech for winning director at um, the Critics' Choice Awards or a different award show that maybe I'm forgetting. And she made the comment of she was addressing Venus Williams, who is obviously one of the tennis stars, greatest tennis players of all time. Um from King Richard and she made the comment that, Oh, but you didn't have to go up against the boys like I do. And that's just such a, like, 
<laughs> Such an insensitive, like, what the heck is that all about? And, you know, who knows? I mean, they give you alcohol at these things. I don't know if she'd had a couple of drinks. I don't know. Or if she's given so many speeches that she's just, you know, kind of letting loose a little bit because she's won so many things. Yeah. But, and honestly, I do think it's going to hurt the chances, which if you're Netflix and you have spent essentially <laughs> since Roma in 2018, every year is like you are you are all in spending millions of dollars because you want to get your big boy pants. You want to win best picture. And for you to be so close <laughs> and to have her say that with a week before, you know, the Oscars happen and could potentially in my mind, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it just kind of, yeah. it, it was already going downhill for power of the dog. And that just honestly sealed it. Yeah. I think and two of the most beloved athletes to ever live insulting them on yeah. stage yeah it's it's it was a rough look it was a rough look um but i i would i think paul thomas anderson i i'm not cr- i i'm much more impressed by his directing and licorice pizza than i am his writing yeah. so i would definitely have just the way that he shoots magic hour the way he shoot just the way you just this movie like what the 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 topic is for licorice pizza should not be shot this well it shouldn't look this good yeah um and, I, and I'm just amazed by his direction. I would have Dale. I would definitely have David Lowry here for the Green Knight. Yeah. Um. And I would also like to see Joaquin Trier from the Worst Person in the World here. I thought a lot of his directing choices, like the having everyone stand still in place and that that long scene, just it was just mixing kind of magical, you know, subjective subjectivism into a very realistic, grounded movie. I thought was really cool. And, yeah. uh, well, and yeah, I think the, the amount of things it's nominated for, it's also hard not to think, hey, Joel Cohen would probably also really fit in this mm-hmm. category, you know, for mm-hmm. Tragedy of Macbeth. So I think there there were a lot of ways they could have gone. And I think it's probably a little bit telling of maybe what some of the choices are here. Yep. So we go to now to our last category, the best picture, which I'm really hoping will be the last category they announced last year. They put it kind of in the middle of this ceremony. It felt really weird. Um, I like, guess they okay, wanted going to, to end now. on a great note with uh, <laughs> Chadwick Boseman winning, which was just like, man, this could this night couldn't get any worse. Well, it could have gotten a lot worse. You know, Trial of the Chicago Seven could have won, but so the nominees here are Coda, Belfast, Dune, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. Did I did I say King Richard and King Richard? If I said that twice, sorry. And so we are for the first time, I guess since they initially, so it used to be five nominees forever. And then they switched to um, between five and 10. And it's kind of hovered between eight and nine most years. And now we're doing the full 10 nominees, which I think is good. I think spreading around the wealth. Um, I think, yeah, to, with as many movies that come out that only five of them get that nomination. I think going with 10 is great. So drum roll. What do you got, Nathan? I, I think I'm at the place where I've accepted that. Unfortunately, I, I, I do think Coda is going to win. Yeah. I think it is just like, like we said, it is hitting the sweet spot right now on like all the things that it kind of needs going Mm -hmm. for it or going for it. Um, I, I think that it is obviously very unique in its representation. Um, it's a kind of project we just don't get very often. We haven't really gotten much of, and I think people really like that. And I, I do think that that's a great thing. Um, 
but I, I also agree. And I saw someone say the other day and it, you know, really made me think about it, but just because it is beautiful in its representation does not mean that it's a great movie. Um, and I, I think that I agree with that here in that, yes, I like, there's so many beautiful moments in this that are so unique to this movie, but I think overall it is a very, it's very, it's cheesy, you know, and it's not, that's not bad. That's not always bad. It's not like it's a Hallmark movie. You know, it's not like it's, oh my gosh, I can barely stand how sentimental and cheesy this is, you know, but it does have a lot of moments that usually you would be like, oh, seriously, (laughs) but it works for it because it's very sincere. And I think that's good. But I think that, and I think other people have said this, I think one of the worst things that could happen for it in its kind of uh, legacy is winning best picture and it kind of getting scrutinized in that way by people who are like trying to basically cancel it because it was not deserving. Um, So I don't want it to win. I would love to see drive my car win. Um, I, I think that that would be very unlikely. Um, And I don't want to, you know, I don't think it would be necessarily the same as like Parasite winning because they're very different movies. Parasite had a very different audience. Um, But I I do think that that would be, I think that would be a really cool, another step for the Oscars, you know, kind of in the right direction of really rewarding something that is very artistic, um, that draws a different audience than you would typically get. And really does stick to the guns of like, hey, we're here for great films, not mm-hmm. for popularity yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, Power of the Dog still a, still considered a front runner. I think um, it's definitely you know lost a little bit of slack over time over the last year, uh, but I do think that it definitely still has a very good shot at winning. And I wouldn't be like, <gasps> you know, if Power of the Dog wins, and I don't even think Coda people are going to be like, no, <laughs> you know, I think Coda people, if they win are going to be like, yes. Oh my gosh. And if they lose, they're going to be like, Oh man, that stinks, but good for them. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm, where mm. I'm thinking at the moment. Yeah. I have, so this is, I guess in the past, probably 30 to 40 days, I have flipped twice on. So I initially, like when the nominees were announced, so power of the dog has been pretty much the de facto, you know, front runner since it released, you know, it's got Jane Campion who has a great reputation (laughs) or did have a great reputation um, in the filmmaking world. She still does, of course. And she's a great director, has a long history, both in TV and film. And um, that certainly helps. And Coda's director, I I don't even remember her name right now. So I don't, she's not a big kind of like, you know, cinephiliac, you know, cinephiles love this director and all this stuff like, like Jane Campion or Steven Spielberg or even PTA or didn't even Villeneuve or, you know, anyone else on this list. So I think it's, it's almost like a, if you look at this list, there's kind of two that don't like, that don't kind of make sense to me. Coda doesn't make sense to me. Not even, not even as a winner, but as a nominee, Um, much less that Apple TV acquired it and has essentially never really run a best picture campaign and drops it in the middle of August, which is like the exact worst spot 
to to drop a movie if you want it to be an awards contender. But here's my here's my letterboxed review from August 13th. I said I have two sentences. I said a little cheesy, feel good and emotionally manipulative. I wept. And that's I think that really sums up how I feel about Coda. I do think it's going to win Best Picture. I think that The Power of the Dog in Coda, it's definitely like with maybe Belfast and West Side Story on the outside looking in. But I also think that because Best Picture does preferential balloting where you're you are ranking one to ten rather than just one picking and and the with that voting style or that, that type of voting, it's not who gets the be- the most number ones that wins. Um, Cause if that was the case, it'd probably be the power of the dog. But I do think that there's a lot of people who really hate the power of the dog, which means it'll get a lot of nines and tens. Whereas Coda, I see being a little bit more because it is a very broad kind of down the middle, an easy movie to recommend to anybody. I know yeah. I can recommend yeah. Coda to and say, you're probably going to have a good time with this. You know, my dad, yeah, I can my walk dad's, in the church and be like, Hey everybody, yeah. uh, go check out Coda tonight. Yeah. My, it's my dad's favorite movie he saw last year, you know? And, <laughs> uh, and I think that's indicative of a lot of the way people feel about it. And also never underestimate the Academy wanting to pat itself on the back and feel like they made a difference in the world. And I think that with a, a movie like Coda, you can feel really good about like, Hey, look at us. See, we do do good things. And I think the Academy's, can be very full of themselves in that way. Yeah. So I, I think Coda is going to win. I think the power of the dog definitely still has a chance. I think it's still the, like Vegas still has power of the dog. Yeah. Power of the dog and Coda are hmm. very, very close. And then Belfast is kind of the third, but I initially thought Belfast was going to be the Coda that kind of the, the broad down the middle. Um, it has some laughs. It has some cries. Uh, and it Coda just came out of nowhere. And I don't think we can underestimate people voting with their hearts. And I think that's what they're going to do this year. And I also think Nomadland has something to do with this because the power of the dog visually and kind of the scale of which it was made is very similar. And it's kind of tackling the American West and those vistas and landscapes. And I think people are kind of like, hey, we've already done a boring kind of movie set in the West, you know. I say yeah. that scare quotes boring, but I think that people are much more like, Hey, we need a, <laughs> we, we need a new green book. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the pro- like yeah. you said, I think the problem with this is any movie that's not super well received by film critics. If it wins best picture, it's the kiss of death and it yeah. becomes the rest of its, you know, existence in our minds is, Oh, it's that movie that shouldn't have won best picture. Very much yeah. like green book, which green book is, is not a bad movie. I mean, that's like a, classic three-star movie for me just very yeah. like it's fine and i, I think yeah. code is a little bit better than that but i still don't think it's from a technical filmmaking standpoint it, it almost comes across as like an abc family movie uh, yeah or just when it started like, i was like is yeah. it gonna be like this the whole time and then it like kind of found its groove and i was like oh okay like, yeah and then i was on board down, at the end but if you sat me down in march and showed me that movie and said this is gonna win best picture i wouldn't believe you yeah but but i think Stranger things have happened than Coda winning best picture, you know? So, but I, I, the last thing I'll say, (laughs) um, is that I looked up, um, so Metacritic does similar to Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's a much more accurate representation of what critics are thinking about movies. And of the last 30 plus years, there's only one movie that has a lower score that was nominated for best picture than don't look up. And it was extremely loud and incredibly close. And I don't think I've seen hmm. that one, but I don't. 
<laughs> I don't I don't understand the don't look up. Or yeah, or really I, the, I understand Coda and I also don't. Um but I think that's in a in a post pandemic world in a a year where we just gave Nomadland best picture last year, I think people just want to feel good thing. So it feels like Adam McKay must have like friends he knows that are voters and he like hunts them down at breakfast every morning and he's yeah. like Hey, uh, so you thought about it yet? You know, you're gonna you're gonna vote for it. You know, he strikes me there, as know. like a super gregarious, extroverted, outgoing person who knows everybody in Hollywood, and I yes. think that's probably why he is. You know, he he has he has curried such good favor from the Academy. Probably. Yeah, he can afford to like totally screw over Will Ferrell and still be fine. Yeah, yeah, is how he fits in. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't so get it, but yeah. That's that's all the categories. So that's all 20 of them. And we knocked it out in a little over an hour and a half. Not too bad. But yeah, hope that you guys uh, hope you all tune in to watch to watch the show. Just give ABC some. They're they're struggling. <laughs> the Academy yeah. has uh, one of the podcasts with us, do Nathan Nice, the host who's who knows a lot more about the Academy than we do, said the Academy has. What do you say? Like just a treasure trove of money. They're just so much old yeah. money that's been put away that they they're like, Hey, we don't really care if you watch or not. So, yeah. And I think that, I think that this conversation and this podcast also just serves as a push. If this is something that you're like, Oh man, like this is coming up on Sunday and I haven't watched any of this. Mm -hmm. That may be true, but now you have the opportunity to totally prepare for next Oscar season. You've got all this time. There's already some good things out to check out. And we're hopefully going to be doing a lot more this year to help, you know, keep you updated on like what's coming out, what is really making strong pushes, things like that. And so, you know, maybe it's just an opportunity, whether you see everything or not, to maybe say, hey, I'm going to watch maybe a little more than I usually do just to kind of join in on some of the fun and kind of see what's happening. So, yeah, we definitely want this to be not only, uh, hey, you listen to us talk and that sounds fun, but that you're also, you know, as time goes on, able to kind of join in a little bit and maybe understand a little more of what we're talking about and sure. able to chime in a little bit. For sure. Well, until next time, I'm Mitch Wiley. And I'm Nathan Robertson. And this is The Cinema Files. Hope you guys keep watching great movies and watching the Oscars this weekend. Bye.